You're listening to the Tamariana Show here at Israel News Talk Radio. I want to say hi to everybody who is listening. And, oh boy, so we have a lot to talk about today. And uh, (laughs) I'm going to go on a rant, so I'm just warning you right now. If you want peace, turn off the show because I'm not going to give you peace today. All right. uh, Topics we're going to be speaking about are... The war in Israel, or I should say another war in Israel. Also, Patriot Systems disinformation. Also, is the Middle East headed towards a Middle East defense alliance? Hmm, What's that about and who won't be in it? Also, never waste a crisis. That could go for any nation in the world. But I'm going to be starting now with uh, the Eurovision Song Contest that happened Saturday night, which is, this is Sunday when I'm doing this show live. It was last night and I have a lot to say about it. And I want to say hello to all of our listeners around the world who may have been watching it too. Hi to everybody here in Israel and in the Netherlands, in Peru, Canada, Taiwan, Indonesia, New Zealand, all over Europe and Colombia. I don't doubt if Colombia watched the Eurovision Song Contest, but you never know. All right. What is the Eurovision Song Contest? So very briefly, it is a contest that was uh, started at least 50 years ago. And uh, it uh, was made in order to be non-political and just to bring art and music and peace and to uh, try to make a nice uh, get-together of all the different nations in Europe to come together and have a contest who can make the nicest song. And they would do this each year. And they would get up, each nation would get up on stage and they would sing their song. And most of them sang it in their own languages, which was hard to understand, but usually you can get the lyrics translated. They would have it, um, you know, in different magazine publications because we're talking you know, at least 50 years ago before internet, etc. And it was very nice. But as the time went on, people started uh, wanting to win more and they saw that the English language songs were doing better. So they started to add ling- English lyrics to their, to their songs as well. Part of it was in their language and part of it was in English. And then it came to be that many nations would just do all English because they're all trying to win. Now the country that wins would be able to host the Eurovision Song Contest in their country the following year, which would bring in a lot of tourism, which equals money. And also they could do a lot of uh, public publicizing of their country to want to come visit because during the acts, they would show beautiful pictures of where it's great to visit in their country, the different things. So it was all a very nice idea not to be political, put the politics aside and let's just come together as mankind making beautiful music and having a nice little contest. And that's how I believe it was more or less. But as the years have gone by, The Eurovision Song Contest has become something that what you used to let your family watch together with your kids, I would not want to show my kids Eurovision anymore because progressively the Eurovision Song Contest, in my opinion, and feel free to call in if you disagree or you want to weigh in on the issue, our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and uh, it has become lewd. It has become loud, <laughs> meaning like heavy metal, 
crashing, you know, sounds, just noise. And I'm not from the old, old generation. I'm from an older generation that appreciates art and music and melodies. And you can appreciate some parts of the newer types of music. You at least understand it. There's people who like trance music. I'm not into that. Heavy metal, not into it. But I, I, I understand that a lot of people are. But as mankind has been becoming more secular in the world. And I think that you would all agree with me that in today's world and this in today's historical period, that mankind has become the most secular it's ever been. There is the least amount of God in people's lives, in the public sphere, in the personal sphere, than there has ever been in history. That's what I, that's what I make from looking at the world today. And it has shown in the way that culture, the the direction that culture has been going. And as you saw what used to be a very nice uh, contest that you could watch with your kids and your family, today has become a cesspool, has become naked women Naked men (laughs) also, and I'm not saying down to the T naked, but almost naked. All right. And this year did not disappoint. It went to the lowest. I mean, the last few years have been pretty bad, but this year I think topped it with the uh, decadence, with the, uh, the amount of, uh, the amount of uh, filth and uh, uh, low-class acts, and the, the uh, it, it was just disgusting. Men stripping down to their underwear, and I'm not talking boxers either, so it was really gross to look at. You don't want your kids seeing this stuff. And uh, on top of all of the promiscuity that you see there, We saw a lot of Satanism there this year. The dark red lights, the costumes in red, you know, leather and red uh, flashy colors. Some of them behind them, like with horns and wings that looked like a devil's, I don't know. It just looked so devilish. And the music was to match. It was grunting. And I'm just, you know, it was such a disappointment. And a lot of you are thinking, Tamar, calm down. It's a silly contest. But this contest is supposed to bring people together. It's supposed to lift people. And it's fun because you get to see the different countries do it. I made the popcorn, getting ready to sit down and watch and laugh at the different freaky stuff because just listening to a song in uh, some Serbian or Slavic language is already freaky for us Westerners that are watching it or other people who aren't used to those sounds. And it's kind of fun. You know, you see their costumes, you see the, the women that they put up on stage or the men. And, and it's a, it's a fun thing. You sit and eat popcorn and laugh at this one or say, Oh, that one's pretty good. Poland did a pretty good job this year. I wonder if they're going to win, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, Sweden won and Israel came in third place with a song called unicorn. I didn't really care for it that much. Also, I don't know. I mean, just not my taste in music and, whatever. But 
I don't want to go there because the important part here is to talk about where mankind is going. And it's shown to me, at least, through watching the Eurovision Song Contest, which has become satanic in so many of the acts that we saw last night, which has become perverse in the uh, stripping down to your underwear, and, by the way, has become political, which it was not supposed to be. For instance, Russia has come into the Eurovision Song Contest, but they were banned because of the war with Ukraine. There was also heavy, heavy, heavy uh, emphasis on Ukraine. Every break between acts, you saw different parts of Ukraine. Now, I can give the benefit of the doubt and say Ukraine won the Eurovision Contest last year, but that's not politically motivated, is it? (laughs) Okay, of course. And, in my opinion, and so they're trying, it was hosted in Liverpool, And so they tried to kind of like bring the Ukraine in because they couldn't host it this year because of the war. So they're bringing it in. But Russia was banned. And I thought that this is supposed to be above politics and bringing people together. What better way to try to make peace than to bring Ukrainian hip artists together with Russian hip artists together and on uh, on the same stage, not at the same time, but but uh, participating in the same contest that's supposed to promote an idea of getting together without politics and to cut through that. But that's not what you saw yesterday. So let me just read you one of the, one of these uh, countries, I think it was Croatia, had a song called Mama SC, and I probably said it wrong because there's little V's over for an accent. But this is the, this song was supposed to be about Putin, how he's a psychopath. And here's some of the lyrics. Mama bought a tractor. Shh. Mama b- bought a tractor. Shh. And, uh, and uh, we have also, uh, uh, Mama's been kissing a moron. Shh. Mama's been kissing a moron. These are, the, these are the lyrics. That little psychopath. Mama going to war. Little vicious psychopath. Crocodile psychopath, psychopath et cetera, et cetera. Mama's been kissing a moron. These are the lyrics of a song that used to have songs like Israel One, which was called Hallelujah, or I like to say Hallelujah because we don't like to use God's name. It's 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 in that song, and it was so wholesome. It was beautiful. You saw a a a song with melody, and here you see the Eurovision contest without melody. It was just loud. It was just noisy. It was perverse. It was low class. It was satanic. And anybody watching this, I kept thinking if I had seen this 50 years ago and thinking this is going to be our future in 50 years, I don't know if I'd want to be alive during this time. Mankind has sunk so low. All right. I guess enough ranting about the Eurovision Song Contest 2023. I've complained about it before a few years ago, too, because it was pretty bad. But this topped it all. (laughs) When we get back, I'm going to be talking about the war in Israel, or should I say another war in Israel. I have a lot to say about that as well. We'll be right back. And feel free to call in if you want to weigh in on that issue. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel.
Consumers are paying a lot for electricity, but they could be getting a little help. An Israeli company called Echo Wave Power says they're working on a technology for extracting energy from ocean waves and converting it into electricity. The company hopes to deliver sustainable wave energy solutions which have zero emissions, making them a planet-friendly source of energy. The company says their system is low-cost and low-maintenance, less expensive than coal and other renewable energy methods, including wind and solar. The Israeli electric company could be the final judge as they're going to perform their own test and, if successful, connect the Echo Wave Power solution to Israel's energy grid, making it the first time that electricity produced by the power of waves will be transmitted to Israel's national electric grid. For more information on the high-tech world today, visit IsraelTechTalk.com. With your INTR Tech Minute, I'm Bob Aiello. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And again, we talked about the Eurovision Song Contest that happened on Saturday night, last uh, last night, if you're listening live. It's Sunday afternoon here in Israel. And uh, congratulations to Sweden that won the contest. But uh, Israel got third place, as I said. And... Uh, I'm going to introduce our guest now because I know that he may want to weigh in on the issue very quickly, even though he's not a fan at all of the Eurovision Song Contest. And that is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He comments on Mideastern world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. Okay. Did you want to weigh in on Eurovision or it's too yawn? To, to like well, born I, for I, you. I the only thing I would say about Eurovision is that it's 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 about as important as a fart. <laughs> Bleep. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, we won't say I those mean, words. Who gives a damn? It's garbage. Who okay. Well, you know what? It's themselves. a it's a family pastime for decades and decades, and and I they enjoy watching it. Was, it was at one time, Who but cares? I I was appalled last night. I was appalled, and I, and I was I remember saying I think it was for Croatia, and for. I think it was uh, another, I can't even remember which it was, uh, I, uh, Serbia. I, I, I think it was Croatia and Serbia. Well, I said, if well, any of these, I, I wait, wait, I, wait. I paid attention to it for the last 50 years. Wait, I'm listen, just, I said, if Croatia or Serbia win this year, I said, I said, bleed nether, I'm not going to ever watch the Eurovision Song Contest again. Okay, enough of that. Let's go on. You know, I'm, this is fun for me. But in, in case, let's go on now to yawn, but it's not yawn. Another war in Israel. Israel has been under hundreds of rockets and missiles, even hitting uh, or uh, g- going t- towards Tel Aviv, and the cent- central part of Israel, which is a big no-no when it comes to the leadership and the elite here in Israel. You know, we get in the south, we get in the north, we try to contain it. But when it hits the center of the country, uh, this is when it really wakes up the leadership. And we saw this new operation called Shield and Arrow in English. And uh, again, our leadership uh, our leadership uh because each time we don't go to a war and finish the war and win the war we keep getting attacked by these 
terrorists in Gaza or in the Palestinian Authority in the center of the country or from southern Lebanon, etc. And I, I have a few things to say about that. And then if you like Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem, you can feel free to jump in and uh, weigh in on the issue. So in my mind, whenever I hear about these attacks from uh, of, of rocket fire in Israel, it's like wash, rinse, repeat. Israel does not finish the war. They leave the enemy to regroup, to rearm, and whenever they want, they open fire against our citizens, which kill people, destroy property, which humiliates the state of Israel because who are these rag, ragtag bunch of terrorists? They're nothings. And we're supposed to be Israel and the Israeli army and such a big, you know, uh, power here, at least in the Middle East, if not one of the big powers of the world. And we suffer this. We tolerate this. We had an 80 year old woman who was killed in her apartment in Rehovot, which is in the center of the country. Why? And others wounded. The house destroyed. It was in an apartment building. And everybody in that apartment building was thrown out of their homes because the uh, uh, security apparatus ran in afterwards. They deemed the building unsafe, which possibly it was getting such a hit from a a missile like that, because if it's long range like that, it's most likely a missile, not just a rocket. And, uh, and these people had to leave their homes and they can't, they don't even have time to pack or take their furniture and move out. How many lives it disrupts? How many, as the instance, I want you to understand, it's not just someone threw a rocket and it hit an empty space. When we are under rocket fire, like they do when they're throwing hundreds of rockets on us, schools close, Children cannot go to school. People cannot open their businesses. People are instructed to stay near a bomb shelter and to stay near, stay near safety. People who live near Gaza have 15 seconds to find shelter or they could be dead. And many times they will come up to the fence and shoot Pagazim or uh, I, Dr. Border. What's that in English? Uh, Mortar shells, mortar shells from the mortar bombs, mortar bombs from the fence. So there's not even time for the alarms, the red alert sirens to go off. So people are just they're working, they're they're plowing, they're they're working in the field, they're working with the animals and boom, they're dead. And. This is what we're under. They wanted to start. There's been since last night. There's been more or less a ceasefire since Saturday night, late into the evening. Uh, but again, they were thinking, okay, so we're going to start school on Sunday. But then they said there may be a problem because many families fled the South. And that includes teachers and principals. And they didn't know if they would even be able to open up the schools if they could, because the principals and the teachers wouldn't be back, perhaps, in time. So you've got businesses that are losing money. The economy of Israel's is hurt, not to mention the millions and millions of dollars it takes to use our weaponry and our military in defense of Israel. Each uh, iron dome that we send up to try to intercept their rockets and missiles in midair cost 
tens of maybe $50,000 a shot, if not more. And w- this is bad on the economy. It's bad on uh, the, the name of God. It is a chilul Hashem. It is a desecration of God's name when little nothings like this can put Israel into a coma, could just stop us in our tracks from living daily peaceful lives. They aim for civilians. They aim for kindergartens and nursery schools. Israel targets places. And when they do hit uh, a place, they give a warning. It's called a knock. And, the, and it'll let the people know we're going to be bombing here very soon. Get out so you can save your lives. This is what we do. And I want to say here, on one hand, it's very humane because we don't want to hurt civilians. But when we're in a war like this, you can't look at civilians because what do these terrorists do? They take civilians and they use them as human shields. If they know that they're going to be targeted, they purposely have children in their homes of these terrorists. They, their own children even. They don't even care if their own children. They'll use their own children as human shields. They'll put children on the rooftops of their buildings. They'll put children around their buildings, hoping that it will stop Israel from attacking, and it usually does, by the way. And then we don't get out these enemies who are killing our people. So on one hand, it's humane in a sense, but it's inhumane because when you care more about your enemies' lives than you do about your own population's lives, because, of course, uh, uh, a, a military strategist will say, well, there's an acceptable loss that we can take. But, you know, we have other considerations. What is the world going to say? What, how is it going to look in the press and in the newspapers, etc.? But this goes to hurt ourselves. And so because it also involves what's called a chilul Hashem, a desecration of God's name, we have to act the way that is a Jewish response, not a Western or politically correct response or what looks good in the papers response, but a Jewish response. And to do that, we look to the Torah, we look to the Tanakh, which is the Bible, and we see what would our Jewish kings do when Israel was under attack. And I can tell you that King David would never act the way the modern state of Israel's leadership has been acting with these attacks upon our people. And this is why it's it's wash, rinse, repeat. Because if you're not going to destroy your enemy, if you're not going to chase the rest of their population away that hate you in our fifth column, you're not going to have peace. And your people are going to be killed. And you're society is going to suffer and your economy is going to suffer. But worst of all, it is a chilul Hashem. It is a desecration of God's name. We have one minute left to the segment. Weigh in, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem. And after the segment, after we come back, you can weigh in more if you like. Okay. The, the first thing that people need to be aware of, and this was not reported in, in, in but most news organizations throughout the Western world, is that Palestinian Islam Jihad began this cycle with with firing off 400 rockets in one night we did not begin it they did so they're 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 they're, that's all been misreported by almost every news organization throughout the western world they all claimed that israel began it that is simply a lie 
and, and it's, it's, it's a very important lie because the whole issue of the lies of the U.S. and the EU is at the center of all of this. I slightly disagree with what you said, Tamar, about us not finishing it because we've not been allowed. I mean, the, 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 the Western powers, particularly the United States, always interferes and attempts to prevent us from finishing it. That's yes, they do. The but don't say that we're not allowed because we are not a vassal state of the West. We it's are on Israel. No, 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 no. We are looking at it the wrong way if we say we're not allowed. No, we should make them afraid of us. But I'm just trying to prove a point that don't mess with us because we're going to get crazy and let them tread on us with soft feet and not with their we, we're not allowing you to do something. Anyway, we're going to be right back, everybody. You feel free to weigh in and agree or disagree. We're, we're going to be right back. Hi, my name is Michael Ben-Noach from Slovakia. Israel News Talk Radio is just the best radio station in the world, and I listen every day. Thinking about a good career with growth and opportunity? The field of marketing is booming with demand for talented professionals who can find the right words to convey the value of a product and convert leads to sales. An Israeli firm is working on a natural language generation platform that uses artificial intelligence to help marketers tailor their messages to their ideal audience. The platform is called AnyWord, and the company says it uses a model trained on millions of marketing messages coupled with historical data to help marketing professionals create expert-level messages, including ad copy, blog posts, and emails. Could help you find the right words to reach your target audience and also help you achieve success as a marketing professional. For more information on the high-tech world today, visit IsraelTechTalk.com. With your INTR Tech Minute, I'm Bob Aiello. Hello, listeners. My name is Gila Perach Hirsch, and I live in Israel, and I love it here because in Israel, I can feel the hand of God brushing my cheek. Hi, my name is Arnie. I'm from Jerusalem, and I love Israel because it's my happy place. My name is Hannah. What Israel represents for me, freedom to be who I am, and all the other amazing things that small country had accomplished, it just makes me so proud. Thank you, Israel. Hi. My name is Morris Klein from Melbourne, Australia, and I love Israel because I'm Yisrael Chai. Hi, this is Michal from London originally, now Natanya. The reason I love Israel, I would probably say Israel, where every Jew feels at home. Hello, this is Harold from Jerusalem, Israel. I love living in Israel because my inside life and my outside life are one and the same, and they blend smoothly and uniformly with each other. We're back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And uh, another war in Israel. They call it Operation, not war, Shield and Arrow. And Israel was under hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rockets and missiles. And uh, we know 
that it's only going to happen again. There's another ceasefire. It's just a matter of time until this happens again. And during the break, I was speaking with Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem, and I was saying that we need to, you know, there, there, there is a rational statement saying, look, the West... Uh, supports us in, in you know many ways. They'll they'll say, okay, Israel, you can go defend yourself. Well, thank you, and uh, they'll sell us airplane parts, perhaps, and and weaponry, perhaps. But we have to understand also that they don't do it unless it's good for them. They're you know they want to sell their military equipment. They want to sell these things. They also want to control you, and so. As our leadership has always done, they say, well, we can't do this or we can't do that because America won't let us or the West, you know, Europe or, or the international community won't let us. We're going to be condemned. It's going to be too high of a price to pay. But I want to counter and I want to say that this is not about us. This is in my eyes. And you can agree, you can disagree. I'm very tolerant. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. My opinion is that this is a chilul Hashem. It's a desecration of God's name. And we don't look at what the nations are going to say or not say about us defending ourselves. We have to defend God's name. We are a good people. We are a moral people. And when we are weak, then our God uh, is is weak. And when you read the Bible and you read the stories there, it was the same thing. They thought that their God was stronger than our God if they could win us. And, and so we need to take it in, in, in our minds that if a, a con- another country tells us we can't defend ourselves or we can only defend ourselves until here and not go any further and you better make a ceasefire which means that we're going to be attacked again in the future as soon as they rearm and get strong again we have to say no but the thing is if you treat yourself like a little person you're going to be treated like a little person and if you say to the west listen we're a nuclear power you don't want to push us into the corner where we feel that we have no other choice god forbid than to do something that the world would not want to see. Don't, you know, we're a bunch of uh, crazies when it comes to protecting ourselves. So these other countries will say, listen, you got to tread carefully with Israel. They're kind of, you know, you, you don't want to excite them. You don't want to, you don't want to make threats to them. Just like the West doesn't want to make threats to the Arab Islamic countries because it might dishonor them and then they might get all unruly and, and act crazily. We should give off perhaps... Again, every situation matters. It has to be looked at. But let them also think they have to walk and tread lightly with Israel. We have our first responsibility is to protect our population and to protect our people. And we need to be moral and we need to show the world that we are light into the nations. And we can't do that when we keep giving in to terror. Okay, that's my three cents on the matter. Going into that, we are going to be talking also about. Now, the Patriot system disinformation, and I want to say one more thing before we go, because I was saying, I was putting out on some on uh, to WhatsApp to some people that, you know, after 400, this was before someone was killed, but 400 uh, rockets and missiles on Israel, and not one person was killed. And I said, this is a miracle. Guys, a miracle. Where else would something like this happen? 400 rockets and missiles and not one person was killed? This, this is the miracle and we're seeing miracles. And someone who is secular wrote back and said, it's not God, it's the Iron Dome. And here we saw the very next day, by the way, the very next day, the Iron Dome was not able, we were not able with the Iron Dome to take, to take, to intercept that uh, missile that slammed into the home and killed that 80-year-old woman. 
Okay, so now let's talk about uh, the Patriot system, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem. Okay, um, I'm not going to comment on what you said. Um, the Patriot system is is America's primary um, air, theater ear defense system. It's been touted for now for four decades. Uh, it's been sold to many countries around the world, including Israel. Um, we haven't used it since 1991. It's basically in in, in, in storage now, and it's, it's because we know that it's worthless. Uh, it was sold, for instance, to the, to, to the Saudis. Uh, they take a, a billion dollars for the basic system and, and two and a half million dollars for each rocket. And in four decades, it has never taken down an enemy rocket, ever. It has never functioned. It's a piece of garbage. I have twice had the, had the opportunity to audit the system technologically, and um, uh, uh, those audits are online. You can find them if you like. I think on the, I think I think both no only one of them is online, but you can find that anyway. It doesn't matter. Both audits had the same result. It, 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 the system basically doesn't work. So this past week, a U.S.-based uh, so-called news organizations claimed that an, a, a Ukrainian patriot downed the Kinjal hypersonic missile. Kiev Air Force, the, the, the Ukrainian Air Force, immediately design, de- denied it, said that didn't happen. And of course it didn't happen because nobody at this point knows how to down a Kinjal, which it's hypersonic, it's very difficult. Um, uh, 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 what we're seeing here is just another case of U.S. disinformation deliberately released in order to falsely claim some sort of a uh, 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 ridiculous battlefield success for systems that basically don't work. U.S. defense systems today are technologically unreliable, absurdly overpriced, and this is in parallel with the U.S. <coughs> administration, which is unreliable. What's far worse than that now is that for the first time ever, everyone now knows this, and they're beginning to openly admit it. That is scary. So, basically, the um, what's the American expression? The 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 mask has come off. People no longer believe anything the Americans are trying to sell. Certainly not anything that's that the that the so-called imitation media or imitation news news organizations are trying to foster upon us. And with that, I'll go over to the to another issue, which is okay. Um, um, very important, very, very um, uh, significant, um, and that is, is the Middle East headed towards a defense alliance? And this is a, an amazing story because, on the one hand, um, it's being spoken about openly now. I first wrote about it in January of, of 2020, and everybody thought I was crazy. Hmm. They were probably right, I still am, <laughs> but... Um, Israel has the Iron Dome, it has David's Sling, it has the Arrow Systems. All of these have been battlefield proven time and again. We have one of the world's foremost armed forces, the best trained and skilled soldiers on the planet, and everyone knows this. The U.S. has nothing to offer Middle East countries. Well, and, and, and little, just a little bit later on, we'll be, t- we'll be talking about where the, where the United States is today in terms of, uh, of its development as a country. 
We now have the capability here in Israel, and we used this just this past week, to strike a pinpoint strike against a person in an individual apartment in a high-rise apartment building. We took out that individual by, by blowing up his apartment with a missile without damaging any other part of that building. There was no... Collateral damage? There was no collateral damage, whatever. No one was hurt other than the person we were targeting. And it was, of course, one of the heads of Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and he was taken out. Nobody else has anything near that kind of capability. So let's continue this thought while we're looking at the Middle East, Iran continues to grow its strength. Milley, the head of the um, Joint Chiefs of Staff of America, said this past week in front of Congress that Iran is two weeks away from being a capable of, 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 of constructing a, um, nuclear a, a, a nuclear bomb, mm-hmm. a nuclear weapon. They don't have the capability to deliver it yet, but two weeks to, to construct it, thanks to the Biden maladministration. Pakistan, Pakistan, as everyone knows, is a, is a nuclear state. They have uh, uh, what's, what's assumed to be approximately 160 nuclear-tipped missiles. Pakistan is in the process, very advanced process, of total national collapse. The Baluchis are talking about secession. The Pashtuns are talking about secession. The uh, Punjab is talking about secession. Pakistan is very likely to break up. It is now totally bankrupt. It can't pay its debts. It has foreign reserves for under two weeks. Hmm. What happens to the nuclear weapons that Pakistan possesses if the country breaks up? Nobody knows an answer to that. What we all do know is that all of these countries that surround us with the United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain, uh, 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 Morocco, yes, as far away as Morocco, all of these need protection. The only country that can protect them right now is Israel. America doesn't have the ability to protect them. What are they going to protect them with? Patriot missiles? They don't work. They're very expensive, and they don't work. Our missiles, again, Patriot costs $2.5 million a shot for doing nothing. Iron Dome costs $50,000 a shot, and it works. Again, not 100%. Nothing can be 100% in, in these things. But we're, we're, we're up now around 95% during this, 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 these past few days. 95%. That's an amazing number. And that's where things are in terms of the Middle East. The Middle East is in flux. The entire world is in flux. The United States is reaching a critical tipping point, a cusp of historic proportions. Remember what Obama's guy said, never waste a crisis? Yeah. Well, that's particularly true when that crisis is well-planned and self-inflicted. And what we know now, listen to what this guy, Mayorkas, I don't know the background of that guy, but he's kind of nauseating, as far as I can tell. Mayorkas said just this past week, everything is going according to plan. Every crisis that you're seeing in the United States today, according to them, has been planned in advance. Societal violence, chaos on the border, chaos within the cities, 
economic crisis, banking crisis, all of these have been planned and they admit it. Not this creep that is so-called the spokeswoman of the administration, but the actual, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call them, um, uh, cabinet secretaries themselves. There's been a slight lowering in the in the uh, in the CPI. That's true. It's now down to 4.9 percent in the last in the last um, uh, 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 report. However, that does not include. I mean, sorry, that does include a 12 percent drop in the price of petrol and price of gasoline. Petrol is the largest short-term risk to the U.S. economy. Everyone needs to be aware of that. If you're aware of anything in terms of short-term economics, you need to be aware that. Presently, Saudi Arabia, which is the least expensive producer of petrol in the world, are producing oil and selling it for under what it costs them. That's very important because they won't tolerate that for very long. It now costs them so a break even for a barrel of oil in Saudi Arabia is now close to $80 and they're selling it for $70. That's the market market prices. Every place else in the world it costs a lot more. That includes the United States, Russia, whoever. So how long will it take before these countries start to say, wait a minute, let's cut back on production so that we can cause the price to rise? The price rises, what's left of the US CPI? It'll double and triple and triple within weeks. And everybody knows this. Washington never ceases to preach to the world about corruption. We all know this. Everyone talks about Washington is always telling everybody himself how 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 corruption is so is so important. Remember remember the statement? I'm quoting corruption is a cancer, a cancer that eats away at a citizen's faith in democracy. Democracy. You know who said that, Tamar? No. Joe Biden said that. Oh. The most corrupt senior American official in history. He said that corruption is a cancer. And who should know better? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joe Biden's Iran's actions are totally superficial, cosmetic, blind. They actually encourage Iran. Iran today is considered to be the most sanctioned co country in the world. Well, their oil sales during the sanction, under these sanctions, have risen from 100,000 barrels per day to more than one and a half million barrels per day. That's called American sanctions. Does anybody in the world believe America at, on, at any level in anything they say today? I don't think so. There's an American administration official by the name of Patrick Byrne. I hope I'm pronouncing his, his, his name correctly. B-Y-R-N-E. I'm reading a quote. I was sent to the Iranian government about a year and a half ago on other matters. And in the context of that, I became aware and was informed that Hunter Biden was reaching out to Iranian back channel with this proposal. You Iranians have $8 billion frozen in a South Korean bank. My father will sign to unfreeze it and return it in exchange for $800 million funneled into an account for us. And if you do this, it will lubricate the other discussions which have recently been started between us. 
That's Joe Biden's cancer. I think he said he's got some proof of that as well. He's got like 40% yeah. documents that he was able to take. Yes. And, uh, he said that, it. and he actually claims to have delivered those documents to the Oversight Committee of the of the U.S. Congress. Yeah, well, good luck. I, I don't know who this Patrick Byrne is. I don't know anything about his background. Right. But he's evidently a very high official, and he's very, very, uh, uh, very um, respected and trusted by many people on both sides. And evidently, Iranians trust him, and the American administration trusts him. But for some reason, some strange, weird reason, he's still American. He still respects his own country. And he's disgusted enough that he actually reported on these, these issues to the people that are supposed to be in charge of oversight of the government. Yes, now, will Biden so be um, impeached? I'd say that's highly unlikely because the way the impeachment uh, process is defined by the American Constitution basically doesn't work and never has. So I mean, if, they can if they can impeach Trump for a telephone call to Ukraine, which happens to have been correct, they certainly can't impeach um, Biden for theft, for treason. And this is, this is outright treason. This is not just economic corruption. This is treason. This is treason while at war. Remember, Iran has a state of declared war against the United States. This is not a uh, 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 dementia. This is not something which is, can be mistaken. Iran openly declared war against the United States. So this is high treason as defined by the Constitution while at war. The worst crime the Constitution defines. Let's go from that to the issue of the banks. Everybody knows that there are issues today with banks. Mm -hmm. Why did J.P. Morgan recently give First Republic $30 billion and then buy the bank? That's a very strange thing to do. Does anyone know why they did it? Well, I don't know. It certainly hasn't been reported. None of us know. It's clear that significant data is being intentionally hidden from us. At the end of 2022, I apologize in advance. I'm about to shower you with some, with some numbers. At the end of 2022, the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which is the basically the insurance structure that's supposed to support banks so they don't fail, the FDIC had $128 billion in cash in their, uh, uh, at their disposal. The Fed loaned the FDIC two weeks ago an additional $173 billion. All of that is borrowed money, money that, that, that did not exist previously. The administration printed new money, borrowed it from basically from China mostly. And now the administration demands to raise the debt allowed. In other words, there are no limitations to how much they can be corrupt. SVB, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature Banks by themselves, just those two, exhausted the existing funds in the, F in the FDIC. In addition, they, they, the Fed has $153 billion of what they call the discount window, which is where banks go when they need short-term loans for uh, liquidity. The banks pay for that 4.75%. That's a 
very high rate of interest that for banks to pay. Not only do they pay that, but it must be paid with, it must be borrowed with collateral at par. In other words, if you borrow a billion dollars, you have to put up collateral worth a billion dollars. Remember what I said, worth a billion dollars, valued at a billion dollars. You can't tra take treasury bonds that you paid a billion dollars for two months ago and present them to the FDIC as collateral because their um, uh, uh, price has gone down. You now need more. So is the, is the banking crisis in America over? Very far from it. We're almost all, almost every analyst that I've looked at, and I agree with them, we expect to see many more banking closures or banking collapses over the coming weeks. Many, not one or two, many. All this that the, that the Fed is doing right now is damage control designed to keep the public from knowing the facts. The U.S. Bank, banking system today is extraordinarily precarious. Understand these numbers. Bankings, banks in the United States, there are about 4,300 banks across the United States, hold a total of $18 trillion in deposits. They have never been in such a precarious condition, ever, even, in, even in 1930. The level of risk today is higher than it has ever been in history. Again, am I saying that the United States is about to collapse? No, I'm not saying that. Am I saying that the United States dollar is about to collapse? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the pressures that are building up are extraordinary. They're unprecedented in the in the degree of pressure that they're, that we're seeing, and no one knows what's going to happen. Yellen just borrowed, in very heavy quotation marks, from the Postal Service and Civil Service Retirement Funds, and from the Veterans Association. Whoever heard of the government borrowing money from retirement funds? The U.S. has a $1.75 trillion pension shortfall. That's before the borrowing. Social Security alone is $77 trillion underfunded. Add to that Medicare, Medicaid, military pensions, off-balance sheet obligations for a total of $130 trillion. That's on top of the $31 trillion that they're talking about in this so-called debt ceiling. $31 trillion is, their, is the U.S. government direct debt. The $130 trillion additional is off-balance sheet debt. So there's no real date on that. Those numbers are historical. And if you had to guess, how soon would something like this happen? How soon would something like what happen? Where the banks, uh, uh, more banks collapse. More banks, we expect that to be, to be seeing that within weeks. In other words, the coming weeks, we expect to see a, 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 a um, um, more additional banks beginning to collapse. We've already seen five banks collapse. We expect to see many more. Now, are these many more? Are these going to be small local banks or are they going to be regional banks? We don't know. What we do know and this is something that you're going to love, tomorrow, is that 
placing a, a, a central bank digital currency into five megabanks is much easier than into 4,300 smaller banks. So is this also planned? We do not know. What we do know is that the degree of chaos that we're seeing, if we're talking about military chaos that has been promoting that has been promoted by the United States, economic chaos, social chaos throughout the Americas, um, the collapse of the, the total collapse of this past week of the American border. I don't know if people are aware of it, but millions of people have crossed that border. This past week, we're talking about over, we're talking about tens of thousands per week that are crossing now. That's above the 7 million that have already crossed during the past two years. So this is social chaos throughout the United States because these people basically, they certainly don't care about American law, even if they're aware of it, and they're not. These are not in people that are well-educated without trying about them personally. These are people that have never been vetted for diseases. They have uh, uh, um, uh, 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 their main source of, of uh, um, uh, lost the word, and, uh, supporting themselves economically um, is by drug trade or by slavery. They're we can Basically just say that children. it's not the best of Me- Mexico that's coming into the United States. We can just no, it that I, and good you should mention Mexico, but it was the president of Mexico just recently said, I think it was two weeks ago, that he's encouraging these people crossing the border because Mexico, the country, is taking in more than $60 billion a year in cash that's funneled out of the United States. And that's only the legal cash. That's not, we're not talking about the drug trade. That's the legal stuff. $60 billion. So the United States is being bled dry intentionally. Now, when I say intentionally, are we saying that intention is by the South Americans or by the denizens of Washington? And the answer is, I don't know. None of us do. That is the major issue today. Certainly is. Uh, so you are not a financial advisor to anyone, but if it were you and you're only speaking for yourself, everyone should make their own decisions, talk to their own financial advisors. What would you be doing since you say that you expect that something can happen in just a matter of a few weeks even? Well, I, I, I've said it before. I would get, I would certainly get cash out of any large bank, large meaning larger than one community. When you're talking about a bank in a in a, a local community bank where the, the 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 owners of the bank are known and know the community, I would tend to have a greater degree of trust in them. I don't trust any bank, but I would have a greater great, greater sorry greater degree in trust of, in them than in anything like a J.P. Morgan or Wells Fargo or any of these major banks. So like a monpa and the regional banks. Okay. Um. Uh, uh, That's what you I go do. back to the question that I asked at the beginning of this segment. How is it that J.P. Morgan funneled $30 billion into First Republic and then two weeks later bought the bank? That does not make any sense whatsoever. So get your money out of banks, 
No, no, you would get your money out of the banks. We're not telling anybody what to do. <laughs> no, you're asking me what, what, what my what opinion is. I'm, telling, yeah. I'm okay. telling you my opinion. Okay. Get your money out of banks, put it into something else. Do not trust things that you do not be that you do not have personal contact with. None of these companies, whether they be financial advice companies or banking companies or whatever financial term you want to use, do not trust them unless you can personally audit what they do with your money. And as I've said many times in the past, I am a very strong believer in um, metals, but physical, not going for maybe these invitation um, uh, uh, securities that are based upon or whatever, they can be confiscated or they can be falsified like just like, what was that company, FTX or F, whatever it was called with the cryptos? Right, right. These things can be falsified very easily. You can find a place to store physically a pot of gold. Anybody can do it. You need to be a little bit creative and you need to learn. Yeah, and I would like to suggest, and again, this is just my my uh, opinion, that if you're Jewish, even if you're not thinking of moving to Israel, if you have enough money to invest in an apartment in Israel, and the reason I say this is because according to my experience, I have seen that, number one, the money that one has in a bank is fiat money. It's nothing backing it. If the dollar tanks for some reason, your life savings tank. So if you buy an apartment with that money, then you have something. You have something physical. Not only that, even if the, if the dollar should, God forbid, tank or something like that. In, a, in addition to that, you, uh, the prices each year have been showing that your that the value of property here in Israel keeps going up and up and up and up each year. So it seems to me to be a good investment. Again, that's my opinion. And let, let, let me, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let me explain what you just said. Okay. If you look at a place like an American city, I'm not going. It doesn't matter if you're talking about New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Washington, whatever. Prices can all prices of real estate can go up and can go down as a question of supply and demand. That's very normal. This is a, this is prices of real estate like any other thing are determined by supply and demand. When I made Aliyah into Israel, the the, the population was 2.4 million. It's now 10 million. No other country in the world has grown by 400 percent in 50 years. Well, it's a little bit more than 50 years, maybe, but it doesn't matter. So the there has always been a demand in Israel much higher than the supply. And that is projected to continue at least for the coming 25 years. We expect the, 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 the pressures here in terms of the real estate markets. I'm not a real estate person. I've never invested in real estate. I don't know a squat about real estate. I'm just talking about from, from, from a general standpoint of, of data. Right? We expect the real estate market to continue to uh, um, uh, uh, rise in Israel at least for the coming 25 years. That is a sufficient horizon for people to work with. So is real estate the best investment in Israel? I don't know. Maybe there are other investments that are just as good. As Tamara said, I'm not really a financial advisor. I don't pretend to be. I know that there are many companies in Israel that are extremely attractive to invest in. Um, 
but I don't know enough to be able to advise which ones or even what's your direction about that. Uh, I would guess, and this is a guess, I would guess, for instance, that companies that are involved in the uh, semiconductor industry, and there are many very, uh, very strong companies like that here in Israel, are probably also a good investment as well as real estate. But again, I don't know anything more about them than I do about real estate. So I'm not claiming that these are I'm suggesting. I don't, I can't do anything more than that. But real estate is a good investment in Israel. It always has been. Well, shouldn't say always. Only for the last 3,500 years. So if that's <laughs> sufficient for you, then fine. Um, okay. All right. Um, uh, and, and as far as we can tell, that, that trend will continue for as far as we can see into the future. Okay. And in addition to that, there are other investments that also appear to be very attractive here in Israel if you don't happen to like real estate. I don't know. I don't like real estate, but everybody feels own taste. Okay. I love real estate. It's a hobby of mine, and it's a hobby. I'm not a professional. That's why I say don't listen to me, but this is just my opinion. Listen to my opinion. Weigh it out. See what's good for you. But I would I would say to invest here in Israel because, of uh, 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 again, prices here are going up usually every year. And if you rent it out in the meantime, you're making, let's say, plus minus, I'll just give out a sum, $1,000 a month. Is your bank paying you $1,000 a month interest by letting them have the privilege of holding your money? I don't know. You have to ask yourself that question. But I do know that the future of the Jewish people is going to be here in Israel and not in New York City and not in Muncie and not in Golders Green in, in the, the UK and not in Melbourne, Australia, even though we love y'all. And uh, we, we know that the future of the Jew, Jewish people is going to be here. And this is where the real estate, in my opinion, from what I see, is just going to be a very good thing to do. Plus, if you're Jewish, it's a mitzvah. It's a, it's a good deed. It's a good thing to have and to own property here in Israel. That's my I'll two take cents. It take it or leave it. Tamar. What? Um, uh, the, the future of the Jewish people is in Israel. I think that's very obvious to anyone who looks at it. But much more than that, which is why I mentioned the idea of a, a Middle East defense alliance between Israel and the Sunni Arab countries against places like Iran, Yemen, and perhaps the, 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 the breakup of Pakistan and others. And that is the future of most of civilized world is in Israel. And again, people aren't aware of this because they're being given incorrect information all the time. If you want to really, really ensure your future, even if you're not Jewish, you need to give some very serious thought. How can I say that? Well, um, Bill Gates says it. He's heavily invested in Israel. Ford is heavily invested in Israel, and Henry Ford, the original one, he was one of the strongest backers of Hitler. Uh, Lockheed Martin has a thousand engineers here in Israel. General Motors has something like five or six hundred engineers here in Israel. Every country, every every American company that is anything in any kind of technology, high tech or middle tech, is represented here in Israel because that's where things are happening. Well, I would say if you're Jewish to, to buy here, if you're not Jewish, it's, it's not a mitzvah. And uh, get something closer to your home that you can manage yourself easier rather than relying on an agent Again, or something. But, uh, if you're talking That's about my opinion. Estate, if you're talking about real estate, then you're absolutely, absolutely correct. But if you're talking about a non-Jew who wants to just make a good investment, historically, 
investing in Israeli companies, again, Israel, like any other country, there are companies that fold, there are companies that collapse, that don't succeed. But investing in Israeli companies, investing in Israeli technology has been good for anybody who understands investing, again, at least for the last 50 years. Okay, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we've about confused people enough on, by this time. Okay, fine. We did. We covered so much during this show. And I want to thank everybody for being with us here at Israel News Talk Radio. I want to remind you all that we are from the generation of the 60s, more or less. And we're very, very liberal in our thoughts that people are entitled to their own, uh, own opinion. We don't get insulted. We don't get offended if you don't agree with us. You are absolutely uh, invited to uh, agree or disagree. And if you have, we're pleased. If you people disagree with me, I might learn something. Exactly, right? And it's a healthy, it's a healthy debate. As as long as uh, it's uh, you know you want to put in the facts and and not too much emotion, even though we can get passionate about things. But uh, we are good. We're good with people having a different opinion, and that's okay. I don't and have it's to agree with you. It's a lot of fun, very stimulating. And as I always, I always say this: as my wise mother Zichonali Rechami, her memory be a blessing, as she always used to say, if we all thought the same, we'd only need one person in the world. <laughs> so there you go. 